Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Good afternoon. This is Don Griffith, your podcast host. I'm here today with the District Trio. Let's have them introduce themselves one at a time. Jim, go ahead. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Eng, and I am the current District Director. Hello, everyone. My name is Peter Salazar. I am the current Program Quality Director. Hello, everyone. My name is David Hopper. I am the current Club Growth Director. Okay. Thanks for being here, guys. I know it's been a busy day. Thank you for letting me talk to you a little bit. Jim, not everybody knows what a district director is. Could you give us a brief introduction of your role here in the district? Hi, everyone. My role as district director is to handle the day-to-day operations for the district, to also handle the financials and the human resource, and to help out the club growth director and the program quality director as well. Now, district director, that's the senior officer role in the group, right? Yes, you're responsible for everything, but you have a team, right? Yes, I have a team, and of course I can't do everything, and so my team consists of the program quality director, club growth director, but also the division directors, all of the division directors, all of the area directors, and of course the finance manager and the public relations manager. So yes, I have a full team that helps me and supports me as well. Right. Peter, tell us a little bit more about what you do. What is a program quality director? Thank you, Don. The program quality director in each district is charged with all aspects of education and training to include TLI, area and division director training and conference. Uh, The main goal is to ensure that all clubs have the tools and resources necessary to fulfill the Toastmasters mission and hopefully to be distinguished clubs at year end. All right. You're not doing anything with making new clubs or getting new members. There's another team for that. Correct. You're concentrating on the clubs that are already out there today, helping them be successful. Correct. Okay. Great. David, tell us about your role. Hi, Don. I'm the club growth director. The club growth director is responsible for trying to retain members, trying to grow members inside the club. It's also responsible for growing new clubs. It's my responsibility to try to promote Toastmasters and get new people into Toastmasters. Sounds like a pretty big job. It is a pretty big job, but luckily I have a really big team. What are some of the elements of your team, some of the departments, if you will? So some of the elements are club extension chair. The club extension chair looks for, they take a lead and they help make it a club. They do, they look at uh, doing demo meetings and they work with the club as it forms. Then I have the club retention chair, I'm sorry, uh, club assist chair, which is uh, responsible for trying to find coaches and help clubs grow, uh, retain members and grow members through coaching. I also have the club new resource chair, which their job is to look for new leads. Once they find a new lead, they'll give it off to the club extension and many other chairs. Great. So you mentioned mentors and coaches. When would a person be a mentor to a club? 
So a mentor is when a club just starts. Uh, within their first six months, once a club forms, for the first six months, an experienced Toastmaster will be as a mentor, assigned as a mentor, and they help the club form. They help the club learn the roles and, and learn what Toastmaster is all about, make sure that they're doing the educational goals. So the, make sure that they know what Toastmasters is all about and to get them started right because there's a lot to, to learn about Toastmasters. You're not just going to learn it in one, one meeting and that's what the club mentor is there for. What does a coach do? So a club coach is very similar to a mentor, except they work with struggling clubs. They work with clubs that are between 8 to 12 members, the clubs that have have lower membership, and they help try to reinstill those Toastmaster values. They help to try to re-put back in Toastmasters into the club and help grow the club back to it, back to its membership. Okay, you said that's for 8 to 12. What's considered a healthy-sized club? A healthy-sized club is considered 20 members, uh, which actually reminds me of another club position I have. I'm reinstating the Club Eagle position this year, which it takes a club from 13 to 15 members and helps grow them up to that what we call membership strength. The membership strength is 20. And the reason why it's called membership strength is because that's what it requires to start a new club is Mm -hmm. 20 members. In my experience, the reason it's 20 and not some other number is that's considered kind of an ideal minimum to have a good quality club where everybody has a chance to participate People aren't doubling up on responsibilities and so forth. Yes, I've been told in the past that uh, you can expect about half your members to attend any meeting, Mm -hmm. and you have about eight roles at a meeting. So if you've got 20 members and only half attend, that means you have 10 people at a meeting and each one's filling one role. If you've got less than that, then you're having to double up on roles and and do multiple tasks. And, of course, we're summertime now, so a lot of people are just on vacation, and that helps on that. Not everybody attends problem. Well, thank you. Peter, making our existing clubs strong and helping them to thrive, what are some of the elements of that? What are some of the things that you do on your team to make that happen? We encourage them. We support them. All the clubs have their own culture, which is great. But overall, we want to make sure that they're following the Toastmaster mission, meaning that members are there for a specific purpose to get something out of Toastmasters. It could be practice or public speaking. It could be that they have a fear of public speaking. Some just want to socialize. Whatever the reason for them being there, we want to ensure that, number one, the members are getting what they want, and number two, that they're working towards some kind of educational goal. The teams help do that via various means. We have the club officer training, which in our district we promote TLI, Toastmasters Leadership Institute, where we give them four hours of strong material for the club officers to take back to the clubs so that they can know their roles and be able to make their clubs a lot stronger. We also have committees that help you along the way during the year. So for example, the contest management team, they ensure that people are ready for contest season, that they're not going in blind and saying, okay, I'm going to hold the contest with no rules. They train them on the contest rule book, how to be a judge, and how to follow the actual judges checklist so that the contestant can have a fair chance at hopefully winning their contest. Okay, speaking of contests, what what do you see as the value of a contest to to a club? In the beginning when I joined Toastmasters, it was to overcome a fear. And Toastmasters did what they promised they were gonna do. They helped me overcome that fear. After a while, many Toastmasters need to 
show off or show that they can do what Toastmasters does. And that's where contest season comes in. It gives Toastmasters an opportunity to compete first within the club, second within other clubs within their same area, and it goes all the way to the district. The international has the added bonus of possibly, possibly having you be the world champion of public speaking. What that does for a member, even the member that wins at the club level, it just takes their confidence and their speaking to a new level that they never could have seen possible before. It creates a new a new level of Toastmaster within that same person. And the, the other club members have pride in their contestant. And they, our guy is up there on the stage. And, and they can see the possibilities. Right. That's and correct. support them to go to the contest. Great. So we've got training for club officers. We've got some contest things. What else comes under your purview? Distinguished clubs. So we want to help clubs realize the value of them meeting those 10 distinguished club goals. It's not just a checklist. Toastmasters has produced those for a reason. And along with the 20 cl- members make, being club strength, the other the 10 distinguished club goals help ensure that the club is doing the requirements of Toastmaster. And if they're doing the majority of those, hopefully all 10, at least seven, eight or nine of the 10, then they are they have the correct path to be a successful club, not just for today, but for many years to come. Now, if you go look at that Distinguished Club Program plan and look at those goals, those 10 goals, six of those goals are what we would call educational goals. Correct. And who does that benefit? That benefits the member. Members that are working toward educational goals usually have a, a better growth path than, I don't know to me that don't work toward educational right. goals, but if there were some, they would have a much more successful Toastmasters career than those that don't work toward right. goals. So it's not just a thing for the club, it's for the members. It's for the members. When it, the members are successful, the club is successful. Yeah, thank you, Don. Yes, everything is about the members. Yeah, yeah. Jim, sounds like you've got a pretty good team working with you here. Yes, I am very thrilled and excited to have David and Peter as part of the trio. We work very well together. We communicate. Uh, it's like we're like buddies, like <laughs> Boy Scouts. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I am very happy. Yes. Now, what uh, we're we're right now we're at a local school that's out for the summer. We're using their facility. What was going on here today? What was the early part of today's session? Well, the morning session was a four-hour uh, training for the area directors. It's a requirement by Toastmasters International that all new incoming area directors participate. So that's what the morning session was all about. And then the afternoon was the district executive committee uh, meeting, which we uh, have every other month. So there is one, we just started one in July. There will be another one in September, one in November, one in January, and then in March. So this is a way for us to be able to conduct business, whether it's uh, making assignments of new clubs to certain areas, uh, appointments of area directors, and uh, any type of issues uh, that we need a vote or a decision made, it falls on upon the district executive committee. I see. What do you see, Jim, as the greatest opportunities this year for the district? For the district? Well, for me as a Toastmaster for over 10 years, 
My goal has always been to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to understand what Toastmasters, the benefits of Toastmasters, how it could help that person achieve whatever goals, whatever it may be, whether to be a better communicator or a better leader. But also realize that it's a lot of fun. I'd like to instill, and, and I know Peter's, uh, one of Peter's objectives is to make sure that people are aware that it's a lot of fun. Toastmasters isn't a boring thing, no matter, no matter whether you're a new, a new Toastmaster or a seasoned Toastmasters. We want to instill that passion and that enthusiasm that, you know, you originally came to Toastmasters and keep it going. And by participating and getting out of the club, I'll call it atmosphere, people will see what Toastmasters can really offer them. Toastmasters is fun. Yes, Toastmasters is fun. Well, I can attest to that. My, both of my clubs, are they're very different. I'm in two clubs. They're very different, but they're both very invigorating and fun. Peter, what do you see as the opportunities for the district going forward? The opportunities are in member development. We plan to achieve member development by... We gave ourselves a goal of 80% distinguished clubs, and the avenues are more training opportunities. We've already started with a different TOLI this year, which has members excited because they feel like they're getting something different while they're still receiving the same minimum requirements for, for officer training, but they're also learning from each other. One thing we learned from, this, from previous TOLIs is that members, especially club officers, they're leaders, and leaders like to participate. The new TLI is designed for members to participate and they feel like they're getting more out of it. Yeah. Another goal that we have is to have 10% more conference than last year. And that is not a goal just to say we wanna beat last year's conference goal. That is a goal because what we discovered is that when members attend conference for the first time, the very first time you attended conference, I remember mine and a lot of people remember theirs as like that aha moment that, wow, there's other people like me. Look at what they can do. Conference is just such a, it's a venue that changes the Toastmasters life. So we want to offer that to all of our members. So that's what we gave ourselves. I go about 10% more than last year. Yeah. Conference is a great way to, to get involved outside of your club. Yes. And there's not a long-term commitment. It's just a one weekend. One, one, and even, one fun weekend, as yeah, Jim said. Yeah, a lot of fun at those weekends. Yeah. And of course, we have the, fi the finals of the speech contest mm -hmm. and we have great speakers that come in just for that event. Yes. Yeah. David, opportunities from your side of the leadership fence. So one of the, the, the goal that I want to see this year is I want to look at growing clubs and members inside clubs. Uh, I see a lot of clubs that have the low membership, low membership and uh, it's because they're not doing certain things I'll call it the Toastmasters way. They, they've decided that they don't want to do an all-counter, or they may have a member that is a, a little bit on the unwieldy side. Uh, but I want to get, get to those clubs, and I want to show them some, some of the things that the great clubs are doing. I, I want to take what the really good clubs in the districts are doing and having like the membership packets and the guest packets and, and the roll cards. Uh, I've gone to clubs that they don't have a way that 
they track roles or they don't know what the roles are. Uh, so bringing that back to the clubs, because that's really what makes the Toastmaster experience uh, so valuable. Uh, when people get that, they get the eye counter and people don't understand what that's all about. Or, or they get their evaluations and you, know, you go to a club and you get a whitewashed evaluation where it's all good. <laughs> that, that doesn't actually help anybody. So, so, so being able to actually take the Toastmasters and get it back into, into those clubs and uh, have them grow membership that way. And I also want to look at growing new clubs, obviously. And in order to do that, I want to look at places that we do not have currently have clubs. I see a lot of times or a lot of efforts where we may have four or five clubs that meet at a similar time or a similar day, and they end up, both clubs end up struggling. Uh, for instance, one in Tucson, we've got a club that meets at 6.30 and Monday morning, and then we have another club that meets at 6.30 Tuesday morning, pretty well in the same spot, and both clubs are kind of struggling. So when I look to grow clubs, I want to look at places that we don't have clubs, locations, times, uh, just or specialties. You know, one of the clubs we have in Tucson is a club that focuses on writers. Uh, maybe we need to look at, and I've had a lot of people in Phoenix approach me about that, and they love the idea of that. So maybe that's a club that we end up looking for. But these specialty clubs that don't, that focus on things that other clubs are not focusing on. Well, good. Any last minute remarks for our audience? Yes, this is Jim. I just want to say for all you that are listening to this podcast, I want you to share your enthusiasm, your excitement for Toastmasters. Take it to your club and just let everybody know how much fun it is. And I hope to see you at TLI and at Spring Conference. Peter, anything for last words from you? <laughs> just want to echo what Jim says. Uh, for all the members that are listening, if you ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out to any one of the TRIO members. We will, we are here to support you. That is our main mission. So have fun and let us know how it's going. David. I just want to say I look forward to working with all of you. I, I'm here, like Peter and Jim says, I'm here to help. I'm here to try to make Toastmasters better. I want to grow your club. I want to grow to, uh, Toastmasters in Arizona. And however I can help, please let me know. Okay. One last thing. Jim, how do people reach the three of you? What are the m ways to communicate with you? Ideally, uh, first with uh, an email, which... I believe it's dd at aztoastmasters.org. And from that, you can just send me an email, and then we can make arrangements, whether a phone call or text, whatever it is, I'm available. Okay. So dd, short for district director, at aztoastmasters.org. Peter, what are, what's your email? Uh, I'm going to give you Jim's phone number. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. My email is... PQD for Program Quality Director at aztoastmasters.org. And David? My email is cgd at aztoastmasters.org, and that stands for Club Growth Director. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the time. I know you've been busy. I know you got, you've been working hard today. Thanks a lot. Everyone, that is the end of our podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about the district trio and the leadership responsibilities they have. This is your host, Don Griffith, signing off. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. 
This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.